Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of the Tiny Disc Podcast, a show about games and life. I'm Robert Scarpinito, and I'm not joined by Jack Cepeda. He's busy doing adult things like moving from one place of Austin to another place in Austin. But we do have our lovely boy, Colin Sparling, in the house. A bong bong. I mean, wait. Whoa, what? hold on. Oh, Jack, are you wait, there? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Robert. You should have said he was here so I could impersonate him. No, <laughs> I, it would have been really bad. Uh, <laughs> no, but Jack's off doing uh, really important adulting type stuff. He's he's making a big change moving wise and job stuff and all the, all that, you know, spiel. So all, good for him. All man. those adult things. <laughs> yes, all them adult things. What would I know about that? Yeah. No, but good for him, man. We're happy for him, and uh, just going to have to stick it out until he gets his uh, stuff together, I guess, right? Yeah, I so. believe he should be back next week, but we'll, of course, let you all know if that doesn't end up being the case. But for now, we're just going to do a kick-ass show without him, because we don't even need him. Yeah, He's weighing bye, us Jack. down. Who fucking needs him? Sayonara. Yeah. Say, sayonara. Uh, so... Like I said, like I said, or like we've talked about before, like we we like to look ahead to the future a lot. I feel like on this show, you know, I mean, we're kind of we're kind of in in that mindset, that area, right? You know, we both out of either in college or fresh out of college, all of us here. So, um, what I was kind of thinking of is we, what, or, or I guess where would you like to live if you if you could. Be in it, whatever position in your life moving forward and then live wherever the hell you want because your life just allowed that. Where would that place be? Oh, shit. Okay. See, and I'm talking and I'm talking like, give me like a, like maybe like a city and what kind of living conditions that I'm talking like maybe apartment or house or what have you. Oh, so definitely apartment for a while. I, I, I can't imagine okay. owning a house until I'm like older for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely a big city of some kind, like New York City, maybe or like maybe L.A., something like that. Um, part of me is thinking, yeah, I should probably stay in America if I want to like do video game journalism, just because I probably know the American market the best. Right. But hot damn, are there cities outside of America that are way cooler? <laughs> <laughs> what do you try to say, man? Don't you love America, Robert? Yeah, it's the best country to ever live in ever. Okay, you communist, I get it. <laughs> yeah, especially since 20, <laughs> January 2017. Great, great month. Oh, yes, yeah, fucking sure. Fantastic. No, um, I don't know. So, I mean, the, the, the goal for me right now, I don't know if I've ever said it on the show, but um, I'm actually uh, looking to move out west to Seattle, Washington. I'm um, looking to pursue, you know, grad school and eventually get a career in the video game industry, you know, at however that long that takes me but obviously since i'll already already be on the west coast i'll live more than likely somewhere in the west coast right um living in seattle I, I mean isn't a bad deal seattle's a beautiful city they got beautiful culture nice people uh great music scene great coffee yeah i was uh, there for like three days two summers ago or two or three summers ago it was pretty cool yeah full disclosure i've never actually been there hell i've hardly i haven't been much outside of ohio <laughs> sad boy <laughs> i know i need i need to get out more right um, but yeah, like, I, I mean, the, the, the dream for me, right. Is it personally is to get some sort of high rise, you know, fancy schmancy looking, you know, uh, what do you call it? Penthouse, I guess. And, and, and you know, have that sweet, sweet bachelor pad going on, I guess. 
That's 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 my 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 dream. I know it's like Tumblr like, aesthetic, like cheesy as hell. But all right. So, are you also planning on switching your majors here at the last second to engineering? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of banking on having a good job instead of living in some shitty one you know one bedroom apartment that I'm paying too much for, probably in like San Francisco or something. Yeah, Jesus yeah. wept. Yeah. So I I guess that's that's thinking real big. But hey, you know what? A man can dream. Yeah, a man can dream. But a man going to grad school does not have the money to dream <laughs> no no i'm not trust me i've tr- definitely not like planning on getting a penthouse right when i move out there <laughs> I, I yeah i definitely can't afford that shit i can barely afford where i'm living now are you kidding me what just six months from now colin comes on the show hey everyone coming at you live from my bachelor pad <laughs> you just hear a huge echo huge reverb in the background yeah no that's gonna be jack's place what are you talking about <laughs> Fucking Jack's the one over here, like, getting the fucking huge square footage apartments with the sick views and everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So do you want to talk about the thing we always love talking about on the show? I have no idea what you're talking about. We're talking about video games. What are those? They're a kind of cereal uh, back <laughs> home. They're made of grain and discs. Grand, d- d- tiny discs? Yeah, tiny discs that you kind of grind up into smaller discs. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's delicious, very healthy, usually kills people. Very good stuff. So, Colin, what have you been playing this week? So, I got my hands on Doom, uh, Doom VFR. Because, uh, as I talked about, was it last week that I talked about Skyrim VR? I think it was the week before. But I got a, uh, a PSVR for Christmas. And uh, I wanted something else to play on it. Uh, Skyrim's been cool, and I heard uh, Doom VFR is like another pretty big release for uh, VR. Um, so I found it for a good price. I think it was like 20 smackaroonies or something like that. And uh, so I bought it. And oh my god, the controls are terrible. <laughs> oh shit, really? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> if I remember right, don't they do that thing where like instead of you moving, you can like teleport? You teleport. Yeah. Yeah, so there's just a lot of qualms that I have with that sort of, like, control scheme. Um, because the the cool thing, and I, I think I mentioned it when I talked about Skyrim, how, tel- like, playing with the teleport controls was basically unplayable for me. So I had to switch it over to regular movement where you just literally hold a button and you move forward. They don't give you that option in this game. Ugh. At all. So on top on top of not having that option, there's no snap turning. In fact, there's no, there's no turning via the controller hardly at all. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. So if you want to turn in this game, and mind you, this is using the PS Move controllers. If you want to turn in this game, you have to use the, the, the fucking uh, right like square button to 180 turn. Otherwise, <laughs> you have to look wherever, like you have to physically orient yourself wherever you're going to go and then teleport in that direction. Yo, that sounds puke-inducing. Like, it's not really puke-inducing. It was just more frustrating for me than anything. Huh. And it's like, okay, this is this is terrible. Like, I can't play like this. Like, yeah, granted, they do give you, like, the dash buttons to move, too, um, instead of the teleport controllers, because they have those mapped to the right move controller. But they, like, the way they have them mapped is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So, like, I, you've seen the move controller, right? You know how the buttons are laid out with, like, the kind of, like, the... The face, I don't know, like the face buttons yeah, of the PS4. Yeah, yeah, it almost looks like the the five side of a six sided die. Um, 
But yeah, so the way those buttons are mapped, so you have the two buttons on the left that are on top of each other. That's move forward and move backward. Makes sense. The buttons on the right, the top one is move left, and the bottom one is move right. So tell me how that makes sense. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And the, I actually had to really think about that because the first time I tried to explain that to somebody was really confusing. <laughs> so, uh-huh. like... Um. Yeah, that's the best way I can explain it. I but, mean, do like, you, do you think that they don't let you like move around like you do normally in Skyrim? Because like in Skyrim, right? At least the moving speed of your your Nord or whatever is like bearable, right? Like it, it's not super fast. But I don't right. know. I don't know if you played like Doom twenty sixteen like with a controller, like not in VR. But the Doom Marine fucking goes sixty miles per hour. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, yeah, he does. Yeah, so maybe that's why they don't let you walk, just because that sounds like a hell of motion sickness real quick. I can take it, though. Mama didn't raise no bitch. Fair. Right? Yeah. Do you no, normally walk at 60? Walk, walk at 60? 60 miles per hour. Just, oh, yeah, you know, 60 just miles zero per to 60. Damn, bam. I, you know when you said 60, I was thinking 60 FPS. <laughs> <laughs> I walk in 60 frames per second. That's how fucking, that's how in, in the hole I am with fucking video games, dude, I swear. Uh, <laughs> but no, like, I, I think I, I could take it, but I, I think it's more so the fact that I don't even give you the option, though. It's like, why not even, you know, why not just put it in there? It seems simple enough to put that in Skyrim. Um, and, and Skyrim, you can sprint, you can still sprint. You just double click the, the, uh, the move button. That's yeah, all you do. Yeah. But I think the difference is right. Like with Skyrim, you're opting in to move that fast. Whereas with the doom Marine, like that's, that's his normal speed. You know what I mean? So you're going right. you're going from like standstill to like sprinting speed very quickly. Yeah. You gain a lot of momentum pretty quick. So I, I guess I understand that, but I, I the, the fact that they don't even give you snap turning, yeah. let alone turning at all is horseshit that's a bit rough yeah that's what i'm saying so that means you absolutely have to stand up while playing this game which leads to my other problem that i have with fogging up the lenses in the headset so because you know standing up i'm gonna start like perspiring sweating whatever yeah and you're so I do, yeah yeah i tend to be so i don't really want to do that um now granted i've heard that if you use i don't know if you've ever seen the the uh, psm controller robert yeah, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's like a like a like the gun con thing, basically for the PSVR. Yeah. It's basically just like a two hand. It's basically just two. It almost looks like PVC piping to me. <laughs> <laughs> it really does, though. I want to be but, surprised like, it's if just that's a, what it was. Yeah, it's just this controller that, um, basically you use to aim at the screen and shoot with. But the the difference is well, actually what I figured, figured out, and I didn't know this. There's two joysticks on it. Whoa. Yeah, and they built compatibility into Doom VFR with that controller. So wait, do you have you can, one? No, I don't okay. have one, and that's the problem. I need to buy a seventy dollar peripheral <laughs> to play fucking Doom VFR properly. Apparently, yeah, because you can actually move regularly with those joysticks on the controller. Oh, that's so dumb. Yeah, so I like otherwise I could use a DualShock Four, but I, I tried using the DualShock Four. And the way you aim with the DualShock 4 while using the PSVR headset is you aim with your face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's not great. Yeah, so I I was literally playing with the move controllers and I had a shotgun in hand. I literally turned the shotgun towards my face like, this is how these controls make me feel. And I pulled the trigger. (laughs) 
man, that's so dumb. Honestly, yeah, dude, it's it, it it kind of ruined the experience for me, and it kind of really pissed me off because I really I actually have not played the original version of that game. Really? No, I haven't, and I I knew I do need to jump on that, but I was like, wow, what a cool first experience this would be playing this, you know, the playing this game in VR. Yeah, no, that yeah. game such a good shooter, dude. It yeah, and and I don't doubt it. It's just I I think it that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, so I had to I turned it off and played Skyrim VR instead because it's so much better. Yeah, <clears throat> I, honestly though, I think it's so worth it. Like, I know this left a bad taste in your mouth, but dude, pick. Oh up no, I'll still OG. play the original. Yeah. yeah, pick up OG Doom. Play it on. You can get it on a Steam sale for probably like ten fifteen bucks. That game is so worth it. It's so fun. Or I could get it on my Switch. Yeah, I guess you could do that too. <laughs> Hey, I, I mean, heard it was a very, yeah. very competent point. Yeah, uh, port. Port. Yeah, I hear it runs solid thirty. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look as good, obviously, but like you can play it on it's the portable. go, right? Like that's that's yeah. the powerful thing. I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll get it at some point, though, for sure. But you've been playing another game that's also potentially VR. Fuck that, though. Nope. No. 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 Nope. Nope. So I've been playing Resident <laughs> Evil Seven. Not in VR, thank fuck, because <laughs> there's no way. I would need another toilet. That's how much I would shit. <laughs> like, dude, that game... I, look, I'm not one for scary games usually, but I love Resident Evil, you know, four or five. So and why aren't you one for scary games, though? Is it because they scare you or is it because you just typically don't like how they play? It's the same reason I don't like most horror movies is because they just go for the cheap jump scare. You know what I mean? And it's like, of course, it's going to scare you, yeah. right? Because like, it's a jump scare. Of course, a loud, sudden noise is going to freak you out. It's a biological reaction. But right. I don't know. I, I've always liked what Resident Evil's done because it's, I mean, sure, it's like scary, but it's not just scary. It's like you also mm-hmm. fight back. You just have to be smart about it. And yeah, so I've been putting Resident Evil 7 off for a while. And funnily enough, the day we're recording this, Wednesday, January 24, is the one year anniversary of Resident Evil 7. Fun oh, fact. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, Capcom honestly nailed this game after the train wreck that resident evil 6 was which is basically call of duty resident evil um seven is right back at it with like making you feel scared like not just Mm -hmm. jump scare scared but like you know you're just afraid to turn every corner you know you're always being chased by something you know just that feeling of like you're always going to be fucked (laughs) yeah it's, it's it's a feeling of dread and i feel like that's that's should be the goal of of survival horror games and um, when we, we get away from the whole jump scare thing and you f- actually look for a good survival horror game, what a good survival horror game has is a good atmosphere, good sound design, and it doesn't need jump scares because it already has, it, it's already scaring you just by playing the game in and of itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you should get that feeling, you know, that you're afraid to turn every corner. That's what it should do. Yeah, and, and what I like is that game does a really good job of, like, you know, there are those points where you're like, okay, I know that this dude's going to grab me by the head and, you know, throw me down there or something like that. You know, it's like like mm-hmm. there's a point where, like, there's some points where you just know something bad's about to happen, so, like, you expect right. it, but that it right. makes those very unexpected scares way more juicy because <laughs> you know you, oh yeah because you know you get into this rhythm where you're like oh okay so i know like the bad guy's gonna be around that corner i'm good and you just get into this feeling of like i know what's coming next i know what's gonna happen and then you get fucked <laughs> <laughs> and then you get fucked <laughs> yeah um uh, but no i think one of the coolest things about that game is it has some of the best boss battles i've seen in a game in a long time 
Um, really? Yeah, no, it's really fun. Uh, I've gotten, I've finally beaten the first big boss of that game. At least I think he's dead. Um, but and, and big I've, boss. And I've gotten to the second major boss of the game. Um, and I, I stopped playing like after losing to her once, but. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not just like you know. There's the there's the sh- the dude. Shoot it. Shoot the guy. You did it. You shoot. You shooted it. It's more, um, you know, kind of use your environment. Kind of figure out like what's there. That what can you change in your environment? What can you get? You know, like new weapons, things like that, to mm-hmm. like actually tackle them better. And you like in Resident Evil fashion, it's pretty easy to run out of ammo. So you kind of have to right. use it sparingly, and right. like yeah, when I was fighting that first major boss for the, I think the final time, I I lost to him like five or six times. And I was like, "Fuck this! I need to backtrack." Figure what difficulty out, are you playing on? Uh, the normal one. Oh okay. And I, I backtracked and I, f- I figured out how to get a shotgun, which really helped. <laughs> you know, it, it just it right. kind of uh, it rewards you for like exploring despite being scared all the time because of like the things that are chasing you and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean it, it, a lot of the things you're kind of naming off is what makes a good survival horror game. And that's good to hear because that's what, you, that's what everyone wanted out of this resident evil game. Um, because with that, that's what made games like silent Hill and silent Hill two and silent Hill three. So great is because they just had that foreboding sense of atmosphere and going into the, you know, what we were getting with the whole like first person horror game renaissance and then uh pt which i feel like inspired capcom a lot for this game um yeah. but, but that's um for those of you that played that demo you you guys know that like just walking through that one corridor they managed to do so much for the genre of survival horror just by that you know that one demo they just randomly put up on the psn store and it like that that every second i played that demo just scared the ever living shit out of me. You'd be walking down the hall and like you, you'd be taking two steps and then you hear an extra clot behind you because you know Lisa the ghost is like behind you and or like you know when you look out the window and her face is sitting there shaking and shit in front of you you're like oh fuck this is yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah. And no and one of my favorite moments from that demo of course is the moment where you hear like you're walking through the hallway. I don't know. I don't know how well you played the or how much you played the demo Robert. I actually never played it. Really? Yeah. Oh man. I, I, yeah, I'll have to have you play it one night then. Um, but there, there's one instance where you walk down the hallway and you hear a window shatter, right? And it's right when you're walking into the foyer and it, you hear a window shatter and you look up and you can see Lisa standing on the balcony, staring at you with this like shit eating grin on her face. It just fucking horrifying, dude. And Jeez. then she just like walks away and I'm like, dude, that's so horrifying. Holy shit. And yeah. then of course there's the moment where she just full on attacks you. And allegedly rapes you, according to the internet. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like I haven't played Resident Evil Seven yet, and like I said, like Robert was saying, I do have PSVR, so I could play it in VR. I just don't think I can handle it, dude. I, I can nope. barely handle regular horror games. I can't like even Silent Hill, Silent Hill Two. It's a fucking PS2 game. It scares it scares the bejesus out of me. Yeah, it really does. Well, an- another reason, though, I think that Resident Evil Seven would be tough and i mean i don't know how many changes they make to like you know from the base game to the vr version like i don't know how how much they accommodate you it's literally it's literally i think it's just the game in vr like you know what i mean like if it is that would like extra suck not just because it's scary but like for example when i was fighting the that that first major boss like there are points where you're running away from him and he just like catches up to you he'll grab you like your face from behind you to pull your face to 180 and like face him 
And that oh. sounds like that'd be really jarring in VR. And sometimes he grabs like your disorienting. head. Yeah, yeah, he grabs your head and like pulls it down and knees you straight in the forehead, which also sounds just like a motion sickness parade. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about all that though. Yeah, because yeah. I, yeah. the worst stuff in VR is when like stuff is happening in the the uh, the headset that isn't like following your exact movements. Like um, when I was playing Skyrim VR, there's some moments where you load into the game and your frame is actually frozen for a second. And when so the the, the minute your uh, the your gyroscope esque movement is taken away. It, that's when I start getting sick. And that's the only moment when I've almost felt sick. And it only happens for a couple seconds, so it goes away real quick. I just close my eyes, and then it goes away. Gotcha. But, like, you know, just like the boogeyman, hey. Um, <laughs> but, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's when it really throws you off. So I wonder if they just I – I don't know if they just kind of get rid of that in VR. If they don't, it's going to be rough. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But I honestly can't recommend this enough. You know, if you've been kind of burned out on Resident Evil just because, like, some of the shitty spinoffs and Resident Evil 6 and all that, like, 7 is definitely a return to form in the most triumphant fucking way. And yeah, like, man, I, I I do definitely need to jump on it. Watching my, especially watching my cousin play through it, he he really enjoyed. It. He's a big survival horror guy, though. So yeah, yeah, no, that game is magnet. Like I honestly like can't wait to go back and play it more. You know, despite yeah, for sure, because I'm still feeling that that zombies high. You know, I'm still playing that a lot. Like Call of Duty Zombies, yeah, but there isn't but, really zombies in Resi Seven though. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's an interesting enough game where I'm just like, well, I can put down zombies for a bit, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, dude, we're still waiting on that uh, Resident Evil 2 remake to get announced. Well, I mean, it's already announced, but they're they're supposed to apparently be putting out a trailer soon. There's a bunch of rumors going around about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, if it's anything like the original Resident Evil remake, it's going to be f- fucking solid. Um, and it's kind of crazy how we're getting literally every Resident Evil game putting, put on like every single platform. <laughs> I mean, I won't complain. I'm just waiting no, for yeah. Resi, Resi 4 on the Switch. Yo, I'd play that. I'd play the shit out of that. <laughs> I mean, they just put... Uh, uh, Resident Evil Revelations one and two on Switch. Yeah, but that's not four. You no, ever, it's not. But did I, you ever like, play four? Yeah, I've played not all the way through it, but I've gotten oh, like halfway. My yeah. man. Yeah, I have it on PC, so I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. Maybe I'll get around to it. But I remember I was at a real. I was playing the PS2 version, which, by the way, the PS2 controls were god awful. I played um, on GameCube. Yeah, <laughs> the double disc version. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> disc swapping. Um. But yeah, that I don't know. I was stuck at a part in the game where I just kept fucking dying, dude. Because uh, the, the only thing I don't like about that game is the escort mission parts. They're just so goddamn annoying. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. Leon, Leon, Leon. Yeah, that might be the worst part of the game, but the rest of it is still so good that it's worth. I don't know, like sticking through the whole thing. I think. <laughs> I don't know what language they're speaking, but couldn't tell you. So that should do it, I think, for us for video games talk. So let's talk about Jack. What game have you? Been- oh, uh oh, whoops! <laughs> <laughs> you can can we just like call him right now and then like patch in the the shitty audio like right here? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, all right. So Jack, let's- what are you doing, buddy? You're on, you're on you're on the Tiny Disc Podcast. <laughs> Caller, you're in. Please turn down your radio. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about some news. All right, so we actually have hella news to go through, kind of as we usually do. Uh, let's start off with something kind of uh, kind of simple. Civilization Six. Colin, have you ever played a Civilization game? 
No, no, it's one of my biggest regrets. Yo, okay, hold on. For you and everyone out there right now, Humble Bundle Monthly, $12 to subscribe and you get Civilization VI and all future DLCs, I believe. Oh, shit, For $12. What? Fucking, it's so worth it. <laughs> Dude, that's that's a lot of game. I don't... The, the, see, this is one of those games where it's like... It, it's a big ask time-wise, yeah. you know no, what I mean? No, that's, that's, like take, yeah. that's like taking on another job. Yeah, because I think in my life, I've spent 100 hours in Civ 4, almost 400 hours in Civ 5. I think oh maybe only God. 30, 40 hours in Civ 6, but also I like caught on to Civ 6 really quick because, you know, like Civ 5 is pretty similar. Um, But so they're new. The Civ 6 is getting its new expansion actually on February 8th, I believe, uh, called Rise and Fall. And uh, they've released a couple more details about like what it's going to do. And I guess I won't go too into detail because uh, Civ is kind of a niche game, right? But they're just adding a lot of things that used to be in previous games, like eras and golden ages, but they're like actually changing how it works. So, like for example, in Civ Five, you'd get a golden age because if you if you science good and you make a lot of money and and you do a lot of good things, you go into a golden age. You know that makes sense, right? Like just historically speaking. Yeah, I heard but, that Elon Musk guy. He science is really good. He science is super fucking good, and. Uh, <laughs> In Civ 6, they're re-adding the Golden Age thing, but they're also adding Dark Ages. So if you fuck up and you really sucks and you don't science very good, you're going into a Dark Age and you get like penalties. So what, you have to like revert back to stick spears and rocks? I don't know, but I mean, honestly, it's exciting to me. Like just anytime there's a new Civ expansion, it's always an exciting moment because it's it's kind of like the releasing a new Civ game in a way. Because it changes what the base game is like so much, so significantly. Like, mm. if you pick up Civ Five on a cheap sale, I will always tell you to buy the full, like, all the expansions. Because Civ Five with both of the expansions is so very different from the base game that it's almost unrecognizable. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So, that's crazy that they take the liberty of just changing the mechanics so much like that. That's almost like, it's almost like when WoW came out with Cataclysm. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's not necessarily that they change the base mechanics a lot. It's more that they add more layers to it on an already very sense. complex game. Yeah, Great. so there's even more <laughs> to manage. Yeah, but I don't know. I've always found Civ to be so much fun. Definitely one of my it's favorite. So, it's so intimidating to me that that series. It's like it just seems like so much to take on. It you know, really- I'm I'm just saying if you ever want to play it, I can show you my copy. Or if you want to buy it and we can like play a game together and I can explain everything to you. We can do that. But the game's also just like super nice about teaching you how to play. Like, you know, if you keep the tool tips and tutorials on, it, you'll catch on to it eventually. Yeah, have Gandhi teach me how to play before he nukes me. Yeah. <laughs> That's all Gandhi does. God, I love that fact though about Civ. It's so good. <laughs> all right. Uh God of War, that new one, Dad of War, be- bearded God of War man, Kratos. He is he's coming out. His game's coming out on four twenty. Blaze it. <laughs> Boy, take up your mother's blunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game it got a release date. It's April twenty, and I just I love that. That's kind of all. That's all I have uh, to dude. say. <laughs> <laughs> Took up and walk out of war, I guess, and watch Super Troopers too, and play with my Nintendo Labo. It sounds yeah. like a good day. <laughs> yeah, man, I meant to make a four twenty joke last week about Nintendo Labo, and it just frick, fucking slipped my mind. I feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like, but, what if we use this cardboard as wrapping papers? 
420 is going to be a great day this year. Jeez. So get ready for it. There's a lot of God killing and a lot of cardboard folding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, Yuji Naka. A uh, he was the former head of Sonic Team at Sega, which you know uh, they're 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 all right. <laughs> They've hit a couple a uh, couple bad spots recently, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, he left Sonic Team back in two thousand six. You know, right before Sonic 06. Um, uh, <laughs> I was like, hmm, he hmm. left in 2006. I wonder why. Hey, that Sonic game was very good and had nothing he bad left, about wait, it. Wait, he left before it was released? I, I don't know if he left before. It just says in 2006, the same year. So who knows? He's, he's probably um, like, I'm so ashamed of this thing I just put out. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of, dude, it, it, it reminds me of when Don Matrick left Xbox after the 2013 Xbox event. Yeah. E3. Water cooler, water cooler. <laughs> yeah. Water cooler. We scanned a dog. Sports. Sports, 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 sports. <laughs> TV, 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 TV. Rip Don Matrick. Uh, but yeah, because Yuji Naka, he's actually just joined Square Enix, uh, and he says he's going to be working on game development there. So who knows what that's going to mean for the future, but I think it's kind of cool seeing, you know, one of the heads of a pretty influential, like, dev team, like Sonic Team, join something else, you know? I mean, who, yeah, who knows, he's going to make, gonna he's be. finally going to make the, the, the Sanic, the Hedgehog game. Final Fantasy 16, colon, Sonic, colon, the Dark Brotherhood, colon, two. Oh God, Sonic and <laughs> Sonic and fucking Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it's <laughs> a so- Final Fantasy game. Oh my God! <laughs> no, no, no! We can't put Sonic in a Final Fantasy game because he's gonna make out with all the anime girls. Yeah, and eat all the hot dogs, all of all the chili dogs. All, all. Can we play Kingdom Hearts three? We play a Super Saiyan Sonic. Oh jeez, that's his drive form. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That'll be interesting to see if that pans out in anything. Like, I, I'd be curious to find out what he is eventually going to be working on at Squeenix. How did they but, not get sued for that whole fucking thing? Where, where Sonic basically turns Super Saiyan and flies what, around? What are you talking about? He's just Super Sonic. Super <laughs> Super Saiyan. Su- I mean Sonic. Yeah. Super Sonic. Yeah. You know, it's a play on words because he goes even faster than Sonic speed, right? Now, Akira Toriyama's probably like, uh, wait, what? I, oh, yeah, I forgot I made Super Saiyan. That, that's the thing. <laughs> Akira Toriyama does that, man, all the time. He's hey, like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> like, it's okay. I mean, now they have Super Saiyan Blue, so it's like they kind of stole from Sonic now. Super Saiyan Blue, da! <laughs> uh, let's see. Speaking of stealing ideas, Sony is releasing some little figurines of their famous characters, like Crash Bandicoot and... Uh, I don't know, Kratos, I guess. It's kind of weird thinking of the Sonic, or not Sonic, Sony, like, franchises, because they just, they're not really, like, a together thing, usually. No, no, they're not, and the last yeah. time they tried to do that was that Smash Bros. copy game that, uh, that was so PlayStation good. All-Stars. So good. So good. Was that sar- was that sarcasm? Yes. <laughs> oh. I mean, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I guess. Um, but yeah. So it wasn't as disappointing, dude. There, there was a Cartoon Network Smash Bros. clone, and it was pretty damn disappointing, I will say. I believe that. But yeah. yeah, Sony is releasing their own ami- uh way not amiibos, uh Totakus, excuse me. Uh, if you didn't make that joke, I would have. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so they don't have NFC functionality like amiibos. So it's not like you can buy a Totaku and then put it on your DualShock 4 and get dank loot. It's just it's literally just figurines. It's just collectors stuff. 
So it's kind of like uh, what the fuck are Nendroids, Nintendroids? Yeah, Nendroids. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And they're each going to be ten bucks a pop. Uh, I'm I'm actually very curious to see if Sony is going to manufacture an artificial scarcity with this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like Nintendo, like if they're just going to copy the whole shebang. I mean, they're pretty nice. Like for based on what I've seen of them, they look pretty nice for ten bucks. I I mean, I wouldn't mind shelling out of you know. 10 bucks here, 10 bucks there for a couple of them. Yeah, I mean, so the list, as far as we know, is, uh, let's see, you've got the Hunter from Bloodborne, so basically like the dude on the cover. Yeah, good uh, Hunter. You got, you got Crash Bandicoot, got Parappa da Rappa, Kratos, Pfizer uh, uh, FX350 racing ship from Wipeout, uh, Sackboy, if you remember that little th- shit from Little Big Planet, <laughs> <laughs> and Heihachi from Tekken, which... I don't know. I mean, that's kind of odd to me because I've never really like thought of Tekken as a Sony-owned property. Like, I know, I know, Harada-san loves putting Tekken. Like, when he makes Tekken, he thinks of it PlayStation first. But right. it's not like if you don't own a PS4, you can't play Tekken games. Yeah, I mean that's true. It, I think it, it's the thing with that collection is it, it kind of harkens back to like the ps1 era stuff because crash bandicoot wipeout like wipeout especially wipeout hasn't really been a thing yeah i mean it still is a thing but it was a big thing on playstation platforms yeah and i remember playing bloodborne a lot back in my ps1 days uh yeah oh and little big planet man that game man such a lot of potential back then but oof I know it. it it's kind of sucks how how hard it fell though. Like it was such a phenomenon though when it first came out, the first game. Yeah, I mean now now Media Molecule is working on what Dreams is that what that's called now, right? Yeah, that's the same people. Yeah, that Little Big Planet. The the same people are making Dreams. I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That um, makes a lot of sense though. So let's see. You mentioned PT earlier. Uh, looks like someone is actually working on basically remaking PT on PC. Yeah, it's being uh, remade. This dude's remaking it. It's one guy, by the way, yeah. remaking it completely in Unreal Engine Four. Yeah, and, and it looks damn convincing. Like it's it's pretty much there. The only 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 difference that I could spot was there's an excessive amount of motion blur. But that's like every Unreal Four game. I feel like. Yeah, it's true. You know, I hate motion blur. <laughs> but Do yeah, you, are you are you one of those people that shuts it off in all your games? I shut it off in every game. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, it's only an alpha right now. But you can download it. So if you missed out on getting PT and making your PS4 one thousand dollars more expensive, it sounds like I sounds like I need to sell my PS4. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> so, those things are just gonna fucking drop in price. Yeah, it's true. Once once this goes big, like no one's gonna care about buying a PS4 just for PT anymore. Right. Uh, but I mean, hey, I mean, props to this guy for like just deciding. Hey, you know what? If if Konami's not gonna let it be a thing, I'm gonna make it a thing for everyone. Right. I wonder if uh, he got the mechanics to work as well, though. I don't know how. I don't know how far along the alpha is. I know the video that I saw was just literally him putting the items in like the hallway in the engine workshop or workstation. I don't know what you call that. Working on the engine program yeah. software, whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, it'll be cool to see how that pans out. Mm-hmm. Uh. So you know, on the show, we talk a lot about how the Switch is like kind of a miracle machine. And kind of save Nintendo's ass from the from the Wii U, more like you've Wii never seen a miracle. Uh, but you know, we also keep saying that maybe the 3DS is eventually going to die. But surprisingly, like December 2017, the, th- the 3DS family sold like 750 thousand systems, which is, I mean, that's like almost a mil. Like that's a lot. <laughs> 
fuck? You're right? I mean, that's I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. And what's even more interesting is that it's actually an increase from like December 2016, you know? So it's like, it's a trend that's going up. It's not just that it's selling a lot, but it's that it's selling more than it used to, which I'm kind of surprised about if I'm going to be honest. Because if I were like, if I were looking right now at like, I want to get into the Nintendo. I want to do Nintendos. What do I buy? I'd probably buy the Switch, right? I mean, just comparing the two. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if you could argue that it was like the Christmas rush or something like that. I know they released the the new 2DS XL before, uh, not too long before the holidays, right? Yeah. Um, and so the fact that you could get the new 3DS hardware, but without the 3D that a lot of people tend to not like, um, for a cheaper price. Um, maybe that kind of pushed part of it, and a lot of it too could be that uh, since it's on the way out, people are buying them last second, you know, um, mm-hmm. because they're getting them cheap. There's a lot of games already out for it. Um, games are dropping in price, so I don't, I don't know. Also, you also have to remember that uh, Nintendo has a huge collector market, so that could be a lot of it too. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's a handful of collectors that I follow on YouTube that are like, hey, here's my 3DS for every day of the week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, I remember there was an, uh, there was a video with Pro Jared, and he was actually interviewing Reggie Fizame, mm-hmm. and he was telling Reggie about all the different 3DSs he owned. <laughs> and, he, and Reggie's just like, well, you're my favorite kind of customer. <laughs> I mean, you're my favorite customer. Okay, thanks. Hi, doggy. Oh, hi, doggy. Uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, though, right? I mean... Especially because the 3DS is definitely on its way out. Like, maybe we're very early in that stage, but right. something so either they're going to release a new handheld or they're just going to put all their money on the Switch. So well, I could was see, there any game that came out that was pushing hardware? No, but uh, uh, in, 20, in this year, there's going to be like a Kirby Battle Royale game for 3DS where they drop 100 true. Kirbys on an island and uh, they fight each other to the death. No, that's not true. I don't. I don't even know exactly what that game is. Um, and I think there's like another 3DS game coming that's kind of big. I just can't think of it right now because I've kind of given up on the system. If I'm going to be honest, <laughs> I mean it's still a solid console. It's a good, good little RPG machine is what I use it for mainly. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm I'm glad. You know, I'm never going to say like I hope it dies soon, but man, it's just surprising. I guess that it's still going strong. Hey, poor, I, I feel like I feel like portable consoles more than other consoles stand up a little bit better be, just because of the fact that portability is like, you know, it's, it's portability. So you can take it anywhere. You know what I mean? I should I, I still take my SP with me sometimes, or at least I used to for a while. Like yeah, Game Boy Advance SP has some good games on it. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, think about it. The DS sold like 154 million units in its lifetime. Like that's fucking a lot, <laughs> you know, for, <laughs> right. for a portable, right? So yeah, 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 that's true. All right, so let's talk about Twitch and YouTube because that's gonna be fun. Uh, Twitch, as y'all know, is that streaming platform where you guys can stream games online and whatever. But they haven't really been known for like Twitch exclusive shit. You know, like YouTube's been doing YouTube Red for a couple months, maybe a year or so now. Um, right. Where you get like exclusive YouTube content by paying something dollars a month or whatever. Yeah, you can uh, get this movie with Logan Paul in it. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Twitch is actually starting to do stuff like that where they've partnered up with like four pretty big streamers and 
they're asking these streamers to quote manage their own channels where they're going to create their own like videos and like do their own live streams and it's going to remain exclusive mm. to Twitch like they want to keep it only on the Twitch platform which I don't know I mean that's surprising to me that they're they're trying you know to make Twitch something bigger than just like you can make an account and stream your video games have fun right 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 I I think this is this is super interesting because just the way the the climate is with YouTube and stuff now, because Twitch came came along, right? And they started the whole streaming craze, right? They were a big part of it. And then YouTube jumped on the bandwagon a little bit later, was like, hey, guys, look over here. We have streaming, too. And we're your good old video hosting site. Remember, mm-hmm. guys? Remember and then, us? Yeah. And then, you know, but I, I mean, at the same time, all... Uh, almost all of my YouTubers that I follow are like, oh, you know, YouTubers fucking over their creators. You know, they're constantly changing policies. They're never contacting me about my videos that got demonetized. Y- you know what I mean? Like their service, their service is just terrible to their, to their creators, man. Yeah. So I, I wonder if I wonder if now is the time that something else comes along and topples YouTube. And I know that's kind of might be a little bit of a blanket statement at this time, at this Mm -hmm. point. But I mean, all of all of the things are, you know, all of the symptoms are starting to come to a head. You know, everything with YouTube, every all the creators are becoming pissed off and YouTube's only making it harder to make money. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I mean, to, to kind of dive into that real quick, if you don't know, um, it used to be like if you wanted to be a partner on YouTube, you just need 10,000 views. I guess. Right. But now they're adding like number of hours people are actually watching your videos and you have to have like a certain number of subscribers you know they're, they're trying to just make it so like I, don't, I mean like colin said that it's harder to actually start making real money on youtube which you know i mean i guess i can understand the logic you know behind like you can't just be any schmuck and post videos of you know people hanging themselves in japan for example <laughs> um and make money off it <laughs> <coughs> Or being disrespectful to the Japanese people on top of that. I mean, yeah. hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, pe- but the thing is, people aren't really liking this, right? Like, a lot of YouTubers are kind of, you know, uh, kind of up in arms about this, especially the smaller ones. Um, right, yeah. And some of the YouTubers I watched, like, are not big time. Some of them are, like, gaming collectors, uh, like Happy Console Gamer, Metal Jesus Rocks. The average about uh, a couple 10,000, tens of thousands of views every video on average. And, you know, and within that, that, you know, that group of YouTubers, because a lot of them know each other, you know, they're constantly getting their videos demonetized. And, you know, they see a little bit because they support a lot of uh, even smaller YouTubers than themselves um, and always boosting their channels and stuff like that. But it's making that near impossible for them to make any money. And a lot of these YouTubers that are just on the brink of being able to take on YouTube as a full time job, they're having to heavily rely on things like Patreon and all that. So I I think and this is my this is my theory. I think that if there were any website that were possibly big enough to take on YouTube, I think it would be Twitch. Yeah, I agree. You know what I, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I also don't know if Twitch has anything similar to the YouTube partner program or anything like that. I don't know what uh, I don't know if people actually make money off of Twitch, honestly. Yeah, no, I know there's Twitch Prime, right? Yeah, there, there's Twitch Prime and there's definitely like I think an equivalent of tw- of like YouTube partners. I just don't remember what it's called for Twitch. Right. Well, yeah. I know there well, another thing that Twitch has going for it is they're partnered with fucking Amazon, which is one of the biggest companies in the entire planet so yeah like 
Amazon is huge. So the fact that they have Amazon back in them works in their favor for sure. And so, I mean, if they're starting to make original content, they they have, the good, for the most part, the good graces of the community. You know what I mean? A lot of people love Twitch. Twitch is pretty easy to use. You know, you can subscribe to people that you like. You can even pay money to them directly on, you know, those, those individual channels. You can pay them money on Twitch itself. So you can directly support people. And I don't know, it, it's easy enough to start a channel on there. And I mean, whoever they come up with their policies for making money on there, I'm not entirely sure. But I honestly think that that if YouTube keeps going like they're going and try to and keeps trying to screw creators, Twitch could take it over. Yeah, I think I mean, one thing Twitch is definitely going to need is permanent videos like and make that yes. a lot easier. Right. So is that is that a thing you can do? You can like, like each each okay. channel. Like if you have a channel, you can have vods video on demand. Uh, some right. people they can do clips. I know that. Yeah, some people lock them behind. Like, oh, you have to subscribe to my channel and like pay a monthly fee to see my vods. Like some people do that. Um, but right. like when you go to the homepage of Twitch, it's definitely not like here's this video that's trending right now. It's here are these live streams that you can jump into right now based on your subscriptions and based on that's true. You know who who's hot, who's playing like PUBG really good right now or something. Right. Um, and so, do you think that you or uh, Twitch is going to try more deliberately to step on YouTube's toes a little bit more? I mean, maybe I could see that happening. Right. Uh, Because, I mean, a lot of like this isn't new discourse. People have been saying this for years, like YouTube needs a competitor. Right. Like that's true. Yeah. Vimeo isn't going to cut it. Uh, No, neither is. uh, Fuck. What's the other one? I can't Uh, even think of any other video hosting. uh, Daily Motion. Daily Daily Motion. Fuck that. Yeah. They're not. No, not even close. Um, Twitch is definitely the second biggest video streaming site on the Internet right now. Probably TM. And I think if anyone, yeah, if anyone has a chance of toppling YouTube or at least like eating up even more of its shares, it's Twitch. Right. Yeah. And and that's true. The the thing is, YouTube's owned by what? Google now. Right. So you have basically it's basically Google and Amazon going head to head. So that that's that's kind of touchy. Right. Um, I mean, that, that's I mean, that's the thing that kind of happens everywhere, though. Like, I don't know if you know this, but you can't buy a Google home on Amazon. <laughs> Oh shit! That's yeah. petty as fuck. Yeah, it's petty, <laughs> but that's like a thing because you know right. they they're competitors. That I mean that that's true. I mean it's like you can go on a Microsoft site and buy an iPhone, I guess, right? Yeah. So I uh, go to I an don't Apple know. store and buy like an Asus laptop. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I uh, so I don't I don't think that uh, well the thing that YouTube has too is they you can buy you can rent and buy movies and stuff on there too, um, which Amazon also does. So yeah. I don't I don't know how well embedded like Twitch is into Amazon. Honestly, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if Twitch gets, you know, direct funding from Amazon. I just know that Amazon owns Twitch and gets, gets money from them. I don't know how that works exactly though. Well, I mean, part of it too, is that if you have an Amazon prime account, you get benefits on Twitch, right? You You get a Twitch prime account by, by proxy basically. Right. And you get one free like subscription to give to, to a person per month. Right, right. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the future dictates. Because I mean, here's the thing: we're talking about toppling YouTube. That's not going to happen overnight. That's not going to happen within a year or two. No, no. That's the thing, though. Yeah, because everyone like YouTube is a household name. Everyone that has an internet connection uses fucking YouTube. Like, yeah, I use YouTube for hours a day. <laughs> 
I mean fucking hours, dude. Like I use YouTube all of the time. Like yeah. I'm constantly watching YouTube. It's it's my TV. It's I re- it's like it's replaced cable for me. Literally. Well, Netflix so, would like to have a word with you. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes I don't want to sit down and watch a full-blown show and yeah. right now I'm 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 animating it up right now, so I'm watching Crunchyroll and I'm mooching off of someone else's Crunchyroll. Hey, sorry. What? Rip. Hey. <laughs> um no, I'm actually I don't even have a Netflix subscription right now to be honest with you. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, I do have a Hulu subscription though, dude. That five dollars a month if you're a student with with Spotify, Spotify? too Yo, good. To, it's too good to beat. It's it lit. Really yeah, is. I love that thing. Yeah, uh, even though it's ads, but hey. yeah. Well, I don't think there's any Hulu subscription plan that doesn't have ads. Actually, no, there is. Is there? I had one. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's a little bit. It's a few bucks more expensive, but it was worth it because it was mm. so annoying watching it. You know, a four minute ad every fucking five minutes. It felt like. Yeah. All right, let's see. While we're talking about subscription uh, services, let's talk about a sub-service that apparently launched last June and no one gave a shit about it. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the Microsoft Xbox Game Pass thing. I'm going to be honest, dude. I do not remember this launching. (laughs) I just remember it like being a thing and then like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, we were doing pre-pro for today's show, and we read this article on The Verge, and we're like, holy shit, it came out in June. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but what Microsoft's confirmed is that if you have a Game Pass uh, subscription, that their upcoming, like, huge games, including, like, the next Halo, the next Gears of War, the next Forza, on launch day, Game Pass owners will, like, get access to them. So any any first-party Microsoft games, you get them for, like, 10 bucks a month. And oh, do you want to go? I I don't know. Like I'm, it's it's so. So you still have to download. If I recall right, you still have to download the games, right? You're not streaming the games. Yeah, and I think yeah, Phil Spencer to... actually talked about it in the article. He's like, yeah, like we want to do the streaming game things eventually, but I just don't think the internet's there, which is true. I don't think PS Now is a, is successful because the internet internet in the U.S. is just isn't reliable enough for for streaming a fucking video game. Yeah, you know, America, catch up. Right. I, and honestly, even even when I do stream a video game, which I use, you know, remote play on my Vita, which is the closest thing I get to streaming a game. I'm not going to play a game that has like is going to kill you if you have bad latency. You know what I mean? If, I'm like not going to play. Souls. Yeah, I'm not going to. Well, Dark Souls might be doable, but I'm not going to I'm not going to play fucking everybody's golf where I have to hit X at a precise time in order to get a shot right because it's going to like the latency is going to kill me. I can play Persona 5 because it's just, a you know, turn based RPG. Yeah, right. So but yeah, like I said, it streaming games isn't there, but this thing is really cool. It's just that it's Xbox. <laughs> I mean, they, they're talking about bringing it to PC too. Like any game that's right. uh, play anywhere, you can play on Xbox and PC. I believe you can, you know, cash in on this Game Pass on your PC, which is cool. Right. So I mean, pay, paying ten dollars for one month, playing a game, beating it, and then canceling your sub, yeah, is it would be cool. That's fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It, it just depends on the content it gets, right? I I, I feel like I, you know what's funny though is I feel like I should be more excited about this, but I'm not. You know, I think the reason I'm not excited about this is because to me, this news is like, well, no shit. 
Like, you better. You fucking better. Like, well, why yeah. wouldn't you? Well, yeah, the particular news, yeah, about Halo and Gears of War, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. to me, it's like, Netflix doesn't release a Netflix original in theaters, and then months later, it's on Netflix. You know what I mean? Like, right. it comes out on Netflix. And right now, Games Pass is totally a Microsoft thing. This isn't like a third party doing it on Xbox. This is Microsoft itself doing it on their own platform. Like, no shit your first party games are going to be on this. If it's not, like, I riot. I don't give a shit about Games Pass, and I'll riot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, it, yeah, it, that's like, hey, like, guys, surprise, surprise, a Naughty Dog's game is going to be on PS4. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, this news is. Kind of, I mean, it's good that I guess it's confirmed, but it's also like, you know, I kind of had this. Like, I just assumed this is what it would be like. I mean, it yeah, just, it yeah, just makes I just, the most. Sense. I don't. So I don't even. I guess I don't really realize how this is news. Then, honestly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I, I think the it's, fact that it's back in the headlines and we didn't even know it was a thing. So I guess that's a good thing to know that it, yeah, <laughs> that it's alive. And, and I mean, it is a good thing, right? That like these games that are coming out, you'll be able to play them because like subscription models are starting to take over everything, right? Like mm-hmm. subscription music, subscription TV shows, subscription movies. I mean, it's cool to see it happening for video games. Uh, and it's cool to see that like just because you have a subscription, you won't necessarily be behind the times. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, I, I'm thinking, and I think the last time we talked about this Xbox Game Pass thing, I, I said something about, like, I think in the future we're going to hit a point where we have, like, dedicated video game streaming boxes become a popular thing. I don't mm. think it'll be, like, the end-all, be-all thing uh, for video games unless our fucking internet reaches a point where it's just inexplicably, like, it's indistinguishable from playing a game on a console and streaming it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So until we reach that point, I don't think it would be viable to just have a dedicated stream box. But I think we will have basically the Roku box of video games at some point. You know what I mean? Where we, we had developers literally like building servers to sh- host and stream their games to people's streaming boxes. I, I think I, I think that would be more akin to like what an NVIDIA shield maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think that was that was kind of the idea of that. Um but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I mean, video game Netflix. I wish I could be more excited, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, it's only because it's on a console you don't have, right? I mean, I think if they yeah. made this for PS4, I'd be interested to see the catalog. But yeah, that that's true. I mean, like, we already have PS Now, and they are actually starting to put new games on it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but like, I just did the, the whole streaming thing and, and the price and the price. It just it's, isn't appealing either. Yeah. It's a bit much. Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right, our last bit of news here. It's kind of unfortunate we don't have our movie boy with us, but you're you're with us in spirit, Jack. Uh, the list of Oscar nominees for this year has been released. Uh, obviously, we're not just going to go through all of them and just list them because you can look that up yourself if you haven't seen it already. Um, but I thought we could right. go around this two sided table and uh, see, you know, if if there's anything that caught your eye or anything that you were like surprised about, Colin. Um. I, it's really cool that Get Out's nominated for Best Picture. I honestly kind of wasn't expecting that. Um, I Granted, the, the Best Picture list that I'm looking at right now, uh, if you guys listen to our uh, 10, dis- or 10 Days of Tiny Disc Best Movie Award of 2017, uh, you'll know that, like, you know, you'll know what movies we saw, basically. Um, and a lot of these movies I haven't seen is what I was, was what I'm getting at. 
Um, Get Out and Lady Bird is the only one on these list. This list I haven't seen. I haven't seen Phantom Thread Post, uh, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards. Robert's seen Three Billboards. Yeah, that that um, movie I think it deserves a nomination. That movie is incredible. Can we take Call Me by Your Name and replace it with Your Name? Thanks. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk. I still haven't seen those either. Darkest Hour. I don't even remember what that movie was. Is that that's not the one with Fifty Cent in it? In it is it? Mm, has Gary Oldman in it though? No, 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 no. That I'm thinking of another movie. That's the one that just came out. It has Fifty Cent in it? And they do like a, t- a heist or something like that. I, I'm, I don't I'm so glad that you don't pronounce the second F in Fifty Cent as you should. Fifty Cent. Because yeah, I, I, I think it. Yeah, Fifty Cent. It's like, it's like Tree Fifty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Is anything anything else? Oh, Denzel Washington from Roman J. Israel Esquire. I heard that movie was fantastic. Yeah, I heard that. I love. I lo- I just like Denzel Washington. Honestly, he's I really a pretty do. pretty cool guy. Like anything. If if someone's like, hey, we should watch this this da- the I almost said Daniel Day Lewis because I was looking at his name. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we should watch this Denzel Washington movie. I'd be like, F- yeah, fuck, okay, let's let's do it. Yeah. But anything uh, stand out to you? I don't know. I mean, like, a lot of these movies I've just heard nothing but good things about. And the movies that I have seen, I'm like, yeah, I get. I get why, for example, Laurie Metcalf, uh, the, you know, she played the mom in Lady Bird, nominated for supporting actress. Like, hot, god damn, was she good in that movie? Like, whew. Um, and Woody Harrelson in Three Billboards was fantastic. Uh, did you ever see the trailers, at least, for Three Billboards? Yeah. we Well, we saw it when we went and saw one of the movies we saw. Yeah, he's he's the chief of police in that one. I don't know if you remember. Who's that, Sam Rockwell, you said? No, no, Woody Harrelson. Oh, okay. I would say I was looking at a supporting actor. I saw three billboards there. Yeah. Oh, Woody Harrelson's there, too. Yeah. Holy crap, yeah, they that have two, movie has two, two people. For supporting two actor. people from the same. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Woody Harrelson, um, though. I like Woody Harrelson, so. Yeah, he's amazing in that movie, for sure. Like, definitely one of the most interesting characters. I need to watch True Detective. Everyone's keep. T- I have I have Jack telling me to watch True Detective. Now I have my buddy calling me up and saying it's the greatest thing he's ever seen on TV. So Holy I shirt. need to watch True Detective, man. Uh, I will say though, the thing that kind of makes me like really happy is that Logan actually made it into the Oscar nominees. Like you, like come on, a superhero movie nominated for an Oscar. I like, that is awesome. Uh, what yeah. adapted screenplay is that? What you're looking at adapted screenplay? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that to me is fan fucking tastic. Cause I mean, that movie transcends what it means to be a superhero movie. I think it you does. Know? It 100% does. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, so sure. Yeah. It's, it's a special kind of superhero movie, but I'm still glad that some kind of, you know, nerdy comic book movie is being recognized in this, uh, prestigious list of the best movies ever. And you, you know, you know, what's hardly being recognized at all in this list. Hmm. Fucking star Wars. <laughs> Wait, what? What? There was a new Star, Star Wars. Star, Star Wars. I I don't think we talk about that one. <laughs> no, Star I mean, Wars: The Last Jedi. Like I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, for one, I don't like Star Wars has never historically been like nominated for Oscars or anything. You know what I mean? Like I don't think there's any Star Wars that ever won an Oscar. Not to my right, knowledge. It's, it's in for sound editing. What sound editing? The Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Ren Kleiss and uh, Matthew Wood, and it's also in for sound mi- mixing. Oh the Last shit! Jedi's, yeah, yeah, I didn't even um, notice. Well, and and original score. Okay, that no, but none of those are surprising. Oh. Well, yeah, because original score only because John Williams is a fucking god. Well, yeah, exactly. He, he's yeah, he's like one of the best uh, cinematic music producers ever. Right, and honestly, I, I was kind of scared that. Uh, my my favorite film of 2017, Blade Runner 2049, wasn't going to get too many nominations, if at all. But it actually is in here for cinematography, which is if 
I mean, I wasn't thinking it was going to get Best Picture because I know it didn't do well in the box office, but I'm glad it got cinematography because Roger Deakins is a fucking genius with the camera, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, guy is... I, I don't even... I, I wish I could. there was a step up from genius that I could say, but dude's, dude's a fucking god. A super genius? Yeah, the, the just the, the the tricks and shit and how we recreated a lot of the... the, a lot of the 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 shots and the the fi- the feel of uh, Ridley Scott's uh, original film, uh, it's just fucking incredible. And uh, they also got for sound editing too, which was awesome. And also and mixing sound mixing and mm-hmm. design production design. <laughs> yeah, they they got Produ- quite a bit yeah, of production. Oscars, my dude. Dude, I, and production design is oh. well deserved. They busted their ass. They had thousands of man hours making physical sets. Like almost every single scene in that movie is physical sets. Shit, you know so. what I'm, I'm noticing just now that I kind of feel like I didn't expect? What's that? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, nominated what? for visual effects. No shit. Yeah. I still, you know, I still haven't seen that yet. That's oh, pretty good. It's worth it. Definitely a pretty yeah. movie. You know, they're, they're uh, shout out to Kind of Funny once again. I know they talk about them a lot, but they're doing a thing, a series right now where uh, they're going through and reviewing every single Marvel movie, like in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're making it like homework for all the best friends to like watch all of uh, the Marvel movies along with them. And, and you're kind doing of that, like, right? No, I'm not. Actually, <laughs> I should. I should. I really should because it gives me more of an excuse to do so. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they just did like Iron Man too. But th- yeah, they they ranked this movie pretty damn high though. The the guys are kind of funny, so it must be at least half decent. I don't know. I didn't. Guardians of the Galaxy one was fun. I didn't think it was anything insanely groundbreaking. I really like Chris Pratt, but I mean, how could you not? I don't. He's so likable. Like it, he's he's like he's 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 too pure. <laughs> no, okay. If you, I mean, everyone, if you haven't seen Parks and Recreation, uh, like the blooper reel of Parks and Rec, oh, it's go, so good. Go fucking watch it. Chris Pratt is just like. <laughs> What's he say? He's like, oh, I thought you said fucker or something. I don't know. He says something like that. <laughs> Yo, like he's so good in those bloopers, man. It's, oh my god, he just sounds like he's a fun guy to work with. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the the list of movies, the list of actors, and and like every nomination here, I think they're all pretty good. Like, I don't have anything where I'm like, oh, that's that's weird, that's surprising. Because I mean, like we've said before, 2017 was a hell of a good year for movies. Oh wait, 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 wait. Let's look at uh, uh, where's best animated film. Best animated film? Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, you got uh, the Baby Boss, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. Are any of those animus? None of them are anime. Okay. Well, you expect you expect the Oscars to pay attention to Chinese cartoons? <laughs> those shitty Chinese cartoons that no one ever watches, Colin? Oh, God. No, I mean, you, you know, right? That, like, one of the yeah, Oscar committee members has legitimately said no one pays attention to Chinese cartoons. Oh my god, that's awful. Yeah, so don't look to the Oscars for any kind of awards for anime. But actually, while we're talking about that, you know, Crunchyroll, they're doing yeah. they're doing another year of like best anime of 2017. Like they're doing their own Oscars, basically, and oh, it's shit. going it's going to be a live show this year. Which I'm just like, oh boy, oh, this sounds no. like this sounds like video game awards year one. Let's go. <laughs> oh god, no, that that's probably even worse. What what is what was the last video game awards they did on Spike that was terrible? It was even worse than the Keeley's year one. Yeesh. But I don't watch a highlight reel from that if, in your spare time because it's fucking terrible. Um, it's the it's oh, crash and burn one oh one. But uh, 
Yeah, so animated, yeah. Coco, I, I haven't seen Coco yet. I've heard it's good. I've heard it's like amazing, actually. That's what I've heard, too. I've heard it's like arguably one of the best Pixar movies. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I need to see that. Animated shorts, Dear Basketball. What? <laughs> what? I couldn't tell you, dude. I don't know. Okay. But, um, but yeah, well, so no animus. That's a shame. Yeah. So we'll find out who wins what. I mean, this is like a m- month out, dude. March 4th <clears throat> is when the Oscars are going to go like live on TV. So, I mean, it's kind of early for them to release nominations, but at least it's nice to see them and, you know, you kind of ruminate on them, see who you think is going to win and all that. Oh, wait, wait, what, what's what's this? The Revenant Part 2? Leo DiCaprio's going for the... He just kind of slides <laughs> it in though. Leo DiCaprio's going for the Oscar again. <laughs> yeah, and leading actor. We've got all these guys and the winner, Leonardo DiCaprio, actually. Get back, get up here. Come on. Yeah, we need, we need, to, pay, we need to pay for all those lost Oscars years and year, <laughs> years upon years ago. And yeah. the Oscars in 2018 for Best Lead Actor goes to Leonardo DiCaprio for Titanic. And that's exactly going to be that. Just one person clapping in the entire auditorium. Wait, who fucking directed? Was it James Cameron? Right? Yeah. yeah. yeah just see James Cameron in the back. Wow. Yeah. My boy. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap the show up with our question of the week. So this week, since there's only two of us, uh, I had this idea where instead of like posing a would you rather or who would win, I think we could just talk about like books and we can kick things off with a question like, are you reading anything right now, Colin? Am I currently reading anything? I see. Okay. So I'm one of those people. I'm like, yeah, let's go to Barnes and Nobles and let's look at books. So... I, you know, I look at books and I'm like, ooh, this looks interesting, or, oh, this is a thing that I should read, or, hey, look, I'm going to go to the J.R.R. Tolkien section and look at more Lord of the Rings lore books that I, I should buy and read that Rip. I still haven't finished the original trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of those, yeah, so what I'm getting at is I'm one of those people that I hoard the shit out of books, and, and I get, read. like, halfway through them, and then I just, I, I drop them because something else happens, or I'm playing a video game or something. Like, I'm halfway, I'm literally halfway through Goblet of Fire in the Harry Potter series right now <laughs> and it's been a year since I've read the Harry <laughs> like kept like started reading them or I, well left off reading them anyway Holy but shit. yeah so I, I'm really bad with that but I, what I've been doing is I've actually building up I'm building up like a small library of like ga- games like video game books uh, I have uh, a theory of fun fun by Raph Coster which is like uh, game developing uh, around the idea of just fun and flow mm. theory and a bunch of sciencey, uh, sciencey stuff when it comes to games that I'm interested in because of school. Um, then I have like Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, Jason Schreier's book, uh, Console Wars. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Oh, I have another one, uh, Video Game Storytelling by, uh, oh my gosh, Evan Skolnick, uh, who wow. actually had the chance to interview. That was really cool. And he was, he was, funny thing about that interview is he was pushing that book so hard. But like, I respected it for sure. <laughs> But like he was, put, he's like, yeah. If you read him my book, I'm like, okay, man, I get it. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a book. I'll buy a book. It. No, but you it's it seems like a pretty decent book though so far that I've read it. He he is just he knows the ins and outs of everything to do with like the game development scene and what it's like being a being a writer on a development team. It's actually there's a lot of toil there, man. Being a writer, it's hard to be a writer because you're basically writing around everyone else. They're like, hey, so like, what if we put this new mechanic in? It was like, that wouldn't make any sense with the story. So we got to rewrite fucking everything. <laughs> you know? So yeah. the trials and tribulations of being a video game story writer. So I would be, I'm super excited to read that one. It's just finding the time and 
on top of playing a million games and seeing movies for this podcast. And it's, it's, it's hard to find time to sit down and read. And honestly, I could probably make time at just, you know, hashing out a schedule and not watching YouTube for hours on end like I tend to do. Yeah. So. So I, I've been like that myself where whenever I walk, like I've done this thing where whenever I walk into a bookstore, I always at least buy a book. I, I may or may not read it, but I like yeah. the idea of like owning this book and eventually getting to it is nice. Right. Um, right. But I've been, I've been starting to read a lot more recently. Uh, I just finished reading uh, turtles all the way down by John Green. Yeah, you know, a guy who wrote like uh, Paper Towns, Fault in Our Stars. Oh man, you're going for the feely shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started with that. Um, and I started this other book, Welcome to the Night Vale, which, or Welcome to Night Vale, which is it, it's actually a podcast, and they wrote a book about it. And like, there are other books in that series, and it's kind of weird. Is the best way I can describe it? A book like, about a podcast. Well, it, yeah, because the podcast tells a story. You know, it's not like our kind of podcast. It's so in the book they're telling they're on a podcast and they're telling a story. No, in the book they're just telling a story about this world that was created in this podcast. Oh, so it's like an extension of the podcast. That, yeah. Oh, I see. I see. I yeah. see. And it's it's this little town called Nightvale, which is just like in a desert, right? And like everything is just super fucking weird. And the way they write the book is like kind of creepy, but they just expect you to just roll with the punches. You know, they write stuff like uh, that person's house is down the street from the car salesman. Most people don't go to the car dealer that often because, you know, you have to go there and you have to find a car before the car dealer catches you. And it's like, (laughs) wait, wait, what? (laughs) And and they just and they just keep going, you know? Okay. Uh, Yeah. It's it's stuff like that. And that's like yeah, I books like that are weird, man. Like I, I started reading a little bit of the Blade Runner, like the book, the original book, which is called oh, uh, New uh, Android Stream of Electric yeah. Ship Sheep. But then, electric sometimes shit. you f- electric shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus. No, um, but it's funny because when I was looking for the book at Half Price Books, I'm like, yeah, do you guys have uh, do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? They're like, uh, let me look for it. And the guy, for the life of him, could not find the book mm-hmm. <laughs> in the store. And he's like, wait. I forgot. Sometimes they just call it Blade Runner. <laughs> they literally just <laughs> call the book Blade Runner. <laughs> wow. So I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah, here it is. Um, but anyway, yeah, they have shit in that book. That's like, the, so there's a lot of concepts that aren't in the movie that are in the book that Philip K. Dick came up with that they're fucking crazy that like, so uh, Deckard in the book has something next to his bed called a mood changer. So like when he wakes up the, in the morning, he can literally dial in his mood for the day. It, it's like the that's weirdest kinda, fuck it's a wild ass concept dude yeah and his wild. wife because he has a wife in the book apparently what and yeah and she's like oh yeah well if you dial your mood like that then i'll dial in this high of a mood of anger so i can beat you in our uh, you know in this argument right now or something <laughs> like like it's it's fucking it's a, such a weird and crazy concept they just kind of like ex- expect you to roll with it i guess but no, yeah. I see what you're getting at for sure. Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, George Orwell's 1984 or like uh, Clockwork Orange. I don't know if you've ever read that or seen the movie, but there's no, so much. No, actually. There's so much terminology where they just kind of expect you to get it, but they don't explain any of it. Or like how in 1984, uh, like, English is simplified in that book. Well, not in the book itself, but like in the universe, in that society. English is simplified. So instead of like all the synonyms for good, like wonderful, fantastic, etc., there's just good. And then there's plus good, which is better than good. And then double plus good, which is even better than plus good. Like that's it. 
that's kind of fucking genius though like from I mean, a writing sure, perspective yeah sure it's genius but it's also like fuck man i wouldn't want to live in a world where like your english is, is narrowed down to that and on top of that instead of like bad there's just ungood and then plus ungood and double plus ungood <laughs> robin williams in dead poet society is rolling in his grave <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> But I don't know. I, I kind of find books like that interesting where they just create this whole new way of thinking where they just expect you to like pick up the ropes as you're there. Yeah. And, and it's it's genius writing, though. It takes skill to do that, though. You, you know, plotting out that entire world in, an, in another language like it's like so much work. That's like how J.R.R. Tolkien created Elvish. Like, are you yeah. fucking serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's, that shit's like a whole nother level, you know, unless you. And then, and then there's like older women that we read all those like shitty smut books. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I keep seeing at bookstores that apparently fucking, you know, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. And then there's like two other books after that. Yeah. Fifty Shades Darker and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's a book out now that's just called Darker. And it's, it's the same thing as Fifty Shades of Grey, but told from like the guy's perspective instead of the girl. <laughs> And I fucking hate the idea of that. (laughs) Well, dude, did you see that? Like, so, well, originally what Fifty Shades of Grey was, I don't don't know if you knew this, but originally it was Twilight fan fiction. You shitting me? I'm not shitting you, dude. You can Google it. Oh, my God. But it really was. It originated as Twilight fan fiction. And then it became its own full-blown thing. Got several sequels, obviously. And then later, later on, before this darker thing you're talking about, it's funny that you say that because they actually came out with another version of Twilight where they gender swapped all the characters what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah so oh i don't know dude that's it's a fucking weird sphere that those those that two series like just the whole thing there i don't know it it just can't i don't know i don't i don't i don't get it yeah like i understand like I, it's cool that i guess people are comfortable like it's cool that a piece of media about exploring sexuality is such a big thing because i think i think sexuality is like an important thing in, uh in terms of like people as they are you know what i mean yeah uh i'm burning this terribly but you know what i mean like pe- well, you know i i think a big part of people and their not necessarily personality but who they are as beings like sexuality is a part of us as biological people and yeah i mean it, we shouldn't America, be we shouldn't be ashamed of it i guess is what yeah I'm america at. has this weird neo-puritanical thing where like talking about sex is bad and evil and rude and weird and satanic but it's not <laughs> too satanic john too satanic <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We should probably get the conversation here, though, before we just start talking about how was your first time. So, no, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll still steer clear. But yeah, no. I, in that in that aspect, I commend the series, but it's just it's kind of just fucking hilarious to me that it started as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah, I remember there was there was a book I read that was basically just like satirical, like absurd Fifty Shades of Grey. I don't remember the title of it though, and I really want to because I remember like at one point it was just like. The the dude drains the entire Pacific Ocean just for the girl to impress her. What the <laughs> fuck? It's like, what is this book? What is happening right now? What the fuck? Dude? Yeah, like that that reminds me of the scene from Scott Pilgrim where the dude's like, Yeah, I put a hole in the moon for her. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's shit like that, man. I love dude, it. Dude, no, no. I mean it's almost as funny as uh what's it fucking what is it? Uh whoever reads uh uh Fifty Shades of Grey. Fuck it. What's his name? The dude that's know. like, 
Oh, I opened oh, her pants. Gilbert, Gilbert, Gilbert Gottfried. Gottfried. Yes. Taurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the fucking greatest things I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, that shit's great. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, that should do it for us on this 31st episode of the Tiniest Podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, things you want us to read on this pre-recorded live show, you can email that to us at tinydiscpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on all of our social media channels, which you can find at tinydisc.com. All of our links should be there, as well as all of our previous episodes, if you'd like to check them out. Uh, if you enjoyed what we did here, please consider leaving us a small iTunes review. It'd really help us out. You know, it does way more than you think it does. Um, and if not that, just turn to the person right next to you right now in class while the professor's lecturing and just just speak in your loudest volume. Hey, you should listen to the Tiny Disc Podcast. Just do it right now. <laughs> Just fucking dare scream you. it. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're listening in your car, roll down your fucking window right now. I'll be like, that's a tireless podcast. <laughs> and then the uh, dude next to you looks at you funny, goes in front of you, and then starts brake checking you. But yeah. <laughs> but they'll be brake checking you while listening to us, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so, and... Oh. Remember the the what, what what did I say the goal my goal was for this show oh yeah to make sure everyone is listening into this show our voices in the shower that's that's there, the goal there you go yeah yep. so good thing you're telling them at the end uh, no yeah no <laughs> don't worry it'll it'll make a comeback for sure <laughs> so Colin where can we find you online uh, on Twitter you can follow me I am Colin and Mono AKA Boo Boo underscore underscore five five and that's also my Instagram by the way oh look at that. Uh, you can find me on all the social medias at Pinoptimist, P-I-N-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T. Thank you so very, very much for listening to the Two Man Tiny Disc Podcast, and we'll see you next Thursday. At Jack Cepeda, if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs>